I'm Charlie Osborne, Editor-at-Large at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Jim Wilkerson, who has agreed to share his story and explain how he lost $790,000 to a cryptocurrency scam. Jim, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Charlie. Good to be here. So to set the scene, Jim, the service we'll be talking about today in regards to this scam was called Sundell FX. Can you please tell our listeners about how you came across the service? It was an online trading platform, and essentially, I was approached by someone on an app called LinkedIn, and they have a website, and they've been around for a long time, and I get a lot of contact requests from LinkedIn. I'm in the professional world. I do technical support. We just struck up a conversation and got to talking, and I was kind of led to believe that essentially that, well, there was an online trading app, this Sundell FX or Sundell Limited, I think they called it. The the webpage was Sundell Limited. The app was called Sundell FX6, and I've done some online trading, and I said, okay, this sounds good. So they talked me in to begin to start do like a test run at first, and this worked, and they said, okay, you know, let's put some money in. So I transferred some money into the platform and did a couple of trades. And the trades were using gold futures. So it wasn't actually trading in cryptocurrency per se, but the way it worked is that you would transfer U.S. dollars to an exchange. And in this instance, I was using an exchange called Kraken. And then from there, you would convert it to Tether, USDT, and then you would transfer Tether to the platform and then do your trades. So I did a couple of trades successfully. I saw some return, some pretty good returns, and they actually let me take money out and said, sure, go ahead, you know, make sure that you're familiar with the app and, you know, then we'll go in from there. So I transferred some money out. Okay, this works good. So I transferred it back in because I figured, okay, this is a good deal. And I got to doing more and more. And ultimately, after several trades, it looked like I had about $4.8 million on the platform because the returns were extremely great. And I went ahead and invested more money into it. I sold some stocks. I withdrew money out of my 401k which is something that you should never do, but I did it anyway because, again, I should have realized that if something is too good to be true, it probably is. But I continued, and again, like I said, that I was able to actually pull some money out and put it back in, I guess is what led me to believe that it was a legitimate platform. But then it came up to the point that said, well, okay, we need to move off of this platform because, you know, we're going to do something else. So when I went to withdraw money, that's when I got hit with this email that said, oh, we suspect that you're doing money laundering. You know, you have to pay us 10% of what is in your account. We'll do a verification and then transfer the funds back to you, and then you will be able to withdraw your money out of your account, which sounds pretty preposterous. And, you know, that's when it began to look bad. I contacted their tech support. They essentially fell to pieces and then just flat refused to stop speaking to me. I pressed more, and eventually the platform just deleted my account altogether, and my funds disappeared. Before my account was deleted, I went back and I checked on it a couple of times, and then about a week later, all of a sudden, I noticed everything appeared to have been transferred out, and I had a zero balance, and I tried to contact them again. They just simply didn't respond any longer, and essentially, like I said, they canceled my account. The platform now, if you try to use the app and even go to it, it just comes up with like a blank screen with some generic things on it. It doesn't even appear to be active anymore. 
And how long were you using Sandel before you realised there was a problem? I started at the end of March, and it was about the middle of May. So it was about April, May, maybe a month and a half. And when it comes to the apparent return, which was, I believe you've said before, it was between 21 and 24%. Right. Is that why you were lured into investing more money over time? Because it looks like you were getting that sort of return. That is correct. Yes. Yes, exactly. And when you realized you'd been scammed, how did it feel? Well, kind of like getting punched in the gut, essentially, you know, from a psychological point of view. It was rather overwhelming. I actually did some things. I filed reports with Federal Trade Commission, the SEC. I filed a report with the Internet Crime Division of the FBI. I also submitted a report into the CIA. I also actually did a local interview with a television station. It's an investigative reporter that actually investigates scams both online as well as locally. And I did a report. I think that's how you might have actually gotten in touch with me. At any rate, so I did an actual local report. The authorities really haven't done anything for me. I'm not entirely really sure, honestly, what they really could do because of the way that the funds were transferred. But, you know, I did what I thought I could. But ultimately, you feel terrible about it. I feel terrible about it. I'll probably feel terrible about it for a long time yet to come. But, I mean, I've kind of come to the conclusion now that essentially to use the phrase, what's done is done. And I would just have to say, hopefully, you know, it's a cautionary tale. There seems to be a lot of this going on right now in the world. And I forget how many billions of dollars. I live in the state of North Carolina that they said that they've actually had people that's actually lost that in like the last year. So I would just have to say if something appears to be too good to be true, it's probably because it is. Just be careful. And another important thing, too, is if you get into something like this, if they ask you to, well, okay, now this is all in the hush-hush and secret, that should be a great big red flag right there. Tell somebody. If anybody questions you, you know, like if you're doing a transfer of funds in a bank, your local bank, and they ask you about this, maybe you should listen to them. And maybe it could maybe have stopped this before it went too far. But it was just kind of like the snowball effect. It was like trying to surfboard ride a tidal wave, so to speak. You know, you're up there, you're high, you think you're going good, but then it comes crashing down on you, and then there you are. And do you have any hope for ever recouping some of your losses? Well, see, there's another side of the coin there. After I had filed against the very authorities, I started looking online and There are these websites called fund recovery type operations. I believe now that a lot of those are just as much of a scam as the platform that I was taken advantage of. Most of them require some kind of large payment up front, and then they claim that they'll go and file legal papers or whatever procedures against the bank and exchange, etc., But from what I've read, you end up paying a lot of money to these people, and all you really get is promises. And I mean, honestly, I don't personally know anyone who's ever able to use any such an organization and ever get anything back. And I'm not even really sure how they could, honestly. But, you know, I was approached just this week by one and said, oh, we can get your money back, you know, and then you talk to them and say, well, okay, you know, looking at the amount of money that you've lost, we require anywhere from twenty to $80,000 payment, and then we can start all the legal proceedings, et cetera, et cetera. But again, you're paying for a hope that way, which, I mean, to me, seems almost just as much of a scam as the original platform. 
But to answer your question, I don't know. I mean, if there could ever be any kind of recovery, I would think it would have to be like through the normal federal authorities, the FTC or something like that. Maybe they can. But I don't believe any private organization would be able to help me at this point. An important point you mentioned was that Sundell was closed, by understanding, by the Washington State Department of Financial Institutions, and a fraud alert was issued. But in your opinion, do you think there's enough regulation and protection for people who are considering, for example, cryptocurrency as an investment? No, really it isn't. It's kind of like the Wild West, so to speak. There are so many different avenues that you can get into. There are the large exchanges, but the exchange is more of like just a conduit, I think. I can't really fault the exchanges themselves because, again, they're just kind of like the conduit into whatever. But this particular organization was able to get an actual listing. You know, there's a United States registry that essentially any kind of a business that deals with money exchanging, I think it's called a money servicing business, MSB number. And it seems like just about any company can file legitimately and get a legitimate listing as a legitimate business. And I mean, I don't really know what kind of checks and balances go in for acquiring a listing like that. But this particular outfit sure seemed to have everything in line and everything looked legitimate before I actually ever even started with them, which, you know, is why I stepped into the organization. And finally, Jim, do you have any advice for our listeners regarding cryptocurrency and other potentially speculative investments? I would say never invest anything that you can't afford to lose because it's a pretty good chance you will lose it and you may never recover it. So just be cautious, research everything to the absolute fullest extent before you turn on the switch and begin any kind of operation with any type of exchange, an online trading platform, any type of cryptocurrency or any other type of online investment. Just do your research. Anything that looks suspicious, it probably is because it is something that ought to be suspicious and it's probably better to just turn away and go somewhere else. Thank you for sharing your story with us today, Jim. Thank you. I'm Charlie Osborne, Editor-at-Large at Cybercrime Magazine. To follow all of our media, go to cybercrimemagazine.com.